This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to the Stick Sports Podcast, the podcast where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It's Noah. It's this is a completely different day. Right, Logan? We just have <laughs> wearing the same clothes. Yeah, you know, it's cause in this economy, you gotta you gotta conserve water. You can't like good stuff. Um yeah. So anyway. Um can you wick with both eyes? Anyway, we got definitely sidetracked there. Logan, we're going on to the NFC now, finally. Yes. So we got through the entire bloodbath that was the AFC, and now things are a little easy pickings. It's a lot more it's a lot more it's a lot more straightforward here, but except except the NFC East has never been straightforward, has it? No. And it used to be a situation where you'd say which team will win nine games and make the playoffs pretty much. And that's and that's never and even though it's that's more of the meme, it's true. The, like mostly the nine and seven teams. Think about the two years ago, the Washington Commanders or Washington football team as they were known. Why they had a terrible season and ended up making the playoffs. But this season is weird. This season, any team could either win seven games or win 13. Well, not 13. 13 is a lot. Of That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you have such a, uh, a difference between a team that can win 11, 12 games in this, in this conference or win five to seven, you know? Like any team could be really good in this in this conference or really bad. I think, and I'm trying to think of who's in this conference. Yeah, no, I I I think my statement still stands. Um, shall we get started? Yeah, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys had they were trying their best, Logan, to prove us wrong. A team that we wrote off from the beginning. A team that we said, I do not care what numbers they put up. I do not care how dominant they look. This team will not do anything in the playoffs. Dak Prescott well, actually had a really good season. Um, 40, 30, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, um, 4,400 yards. Safe season. The only good thing, the only, there's only a few people we liked from this team. Uh, actually, we liked a lot of this team, but there's people that were close to our hearts from this team because this team has people we hate and people we love. You know, it's, it's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, they definitely they definitely did disappoint in the playoffs. Yeah. In spectacular fashion. It at home, I love I love that it was in at home in AT and T. You know, State. in a whiteout. In a whiteout. Disrespectful. <laughs> disrespectful use of the 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 phrase. Uh, what a. What a debacle that game was. Funny, but debacle. But yeah, exactly. Clearly a disappointing season. It was it was disappointing for a lot of reasons. Let's talk about the first reason. Oh, the playoffs, obviously. This team had a lot of bright spots. The biggest bright spot being, and I don't think a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, bias. No, the biggest bright spot was Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons immediately came onto the seat scene and cemented himself i i can't should i call him um one of the better best linebackers in the nfl can i immediately comes in and i think he was first team all pro this season yeah yeah 
13 sacks. Jeez, 84. To, oh, my. 30 Q, he had 30 QB hits and 20 tackles. For... He's legit. I don't, I don't care. Don't be like, oh, he needs to replicate the success next year. No. No, bro. I have no <laughs> doubts that he will. He's great. He is one of the better linebackers. So he was a very good, very good for them last year. Very good. Yeah, but outside of um, Micah Parsons, we had also the not the emergence, but the continued awesomeness of Tony Pollard, who will never get the respect he deserves. He will next year when he gets a fat contract from another team. From another team. But Logan. They obviously disappointed in the play in the wild card, losing 17 to 23 on one of the worst last drives I've ever seen in my life. Um, this team was the number one offense in the entire league, and their defense was decent, but they still couldn't get it done for some reason. None of the pieces went together. You had Trayvon Diggs, who to some people put up one of the better corner seasons ever, and to me and you, this guy is one of the worst coverage corners in the entire league Mm -hmm. and it's not like and actually let's just get to their let's just get to their draft because i just have i feel like i want to be high on this team so much and it's all slander and i don't want people to think that i just i just hate this team because i don't Mm. it's just the cowboys jerry jones i don't think is a good team manager and mike mccarthy is just jason garrett with a super bowl hey that's my line (laughs) but it's it's true i do think um Dan Quinn is a, better, a good DC, though. I, I will yeah, say probably that. be the coach by the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, and then Ken Kellen Moore, I think, is yeah, there. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Um, so where both their OC their coordinators are better than the coach there. So it's, uh, it, it's it's funny how that works. But in the draft, in the draft, they got Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. I was low on that pick. He was a reach. Uh, he has upside, but big reach. He's a complete liability in pass protection. <laughs> he probably should play guard day one. And I think I think he looks like he might. So it's okay. probably it, it'll be a better pick. Um, well didn't they lose Lyle Collins so they need someone at guard? Well uh, we'll get to that when we talk to him about the O line, but he should play a guard. He if he plays a tackle it's gonna be bad because he's very undisciplined and he needs to develop uh, Sam Williams. <laughs> That's a bad pick. Yeah, he has upside, but no technique. I think he had off the field issues too. But that that was a bad pick in the second round. What a reach, Jalen Tolbert. I think it was that that was a good pick. Get yeah. him to replace Cedric Wilson. And Jake Ferguson. Um, pretty much Dalton Schultz. You just drafted Dalton Schultz. I was going to say, Jake Ferguson and Dalton Schultz have the same game. Like, you replaced Dalton Schultz with Jake Ferguson because Dalton Schultz is on the plane on the franchise tag, and he's he's short to leave because he's not, like, I don't know if you want to pay top dollar for Dalton Schultz. Like, yeah. he's not a bad tight end, but he's not he's not on that upper tier tight end. So, great great two picks there, but their first two are, were reaches. Were reaches, and Jerry Jones – I don't know what he is. Like, the thing is, people would be like, oh, Jerry Jones is a good drafter because he picked CeeDee Lamb and Michael Parsons in back to back drafts. No, you pick CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb is there and CeeDee Lamb fits from Oklahoma. And yeah, he, and he's, like, the Eagles were right there. And, he and 
you pick Micah Parsons because Sean Lee just retired and you needed a linebacker and it's Micah damn Parsons. I don't, I really don't know why. I hope people, I, I don't, I hope people don't think that Jerry Jones is this, this great guy when it comes to managing teams, because even the last draft, like outside of Micah Parsons and I guess Jabril Cox in the fourth round, who else? Who else from that draft do you remember, Logan? That uh, is... Uh, Odigizua played well last year. He did play well. He did play well. But at the same time, I think I, I, my, I, my statement... Like, still... he, the dra- his drafting hasn't been good. His contracts haven't been good, especially his contracts. He's that, getting... Dakota is getting paid way more money than he should He's be. He's giving out some fat contracts to players that probably didn't deserve those contracts well one of the worst contracts i think in the entire league and don't people are saying oh he got a thousand yards last year okay on 237 touches this you better get a thousand yards ezekiel elliott one of the worst contracts right now i think in football and yeah he got a thousand yards last year but ezekiel elliott rookie ezekiel elliott where's he gone where's he at because I want him back because he was great. <laughs> but this this current day Zeke it is not it's not cutting it. It's not it's not, not cutting it. And he's terrible as a pass catcher. So Tony Pollard, the, the cries for Tony Pollard being the lead back are I feel are warranted because Tony Pollard has at times and I feel is better at this point than Zeke is. Yes. Yes. So, but the two of them together, that's a pretty nice combo. But Zeke, like, Zeke needs to regain that, that 2016 rookie season form because I, I don't know when the last time you've seen that is. I mean, probably just before the contract. Yeah. Um, And that just like all Cowboys players do, they get the big contract and then immediately digress. I, it, it's, it's just what happens. Um, and then let's talk about the in the offseason what they did. They added, they lost Randy Gregory. They lost uh, Collins. They lost Connor Williams. <laughs> they lost Amari Cooper. Um, I still don't understand why they got rid of him. I understand that he was making, I thought he already signed a contract. Well, he was making a lot of money and they had CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is coming up on a contract year. And Michael Gallup needed. Yeah, they essentially picked Michael Gallup over Amari Cooper, right? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I I, I want to see how that's going to turn out. They resigned Michael. The Gallup Cowboys didn't Gallup. really use Amari Cooper, right? No, of course not. Uh, but Ceedee Lamb, I think, can take that next step up. Michael Gallup was good, but he was injured last year, and he's coming off a torn ACL, I think. Yeah, and then James Washington and Dante Fowler, obviously. Dante um, Dante Fowler was rotting. He in. Atlanta, he I, but he wasn't. He was pretty shit, actually. Yeah, exactly. He was Atlanta, Atlanta had one of the worst pass rushes in the league, and you would think that Dante Fowler would have done something, but he didn't. So maybe Dan. Quinn. I don't. I think they had an underwhelming return for Amari. What they got, yeah, you're right. They didn't use him right, right? But you're getting. Um, um, Michael Gallup, who again is coming off the injury, they lost Cedric Wilson, and you know how high I was on Cedric Wilson. Um, 
and they lost they lost key players on the O line and the on the defensive end. So, and then let's talk about right now what their team looks like. Right now, their wide receiver trio is CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and James Washington with Dalton Schultz, um, Dalton Schultz, um, in the, with the, in the tight end spot. Uh, is that better than it was last year? We've put replaced Jalen Tolbert and put replaced James Washington with Jalen Tolbert, and I think that that group is is good enough. And if CD Lamb can jump from like top twenty to top fifteen, top twelve, like not like not debated to top twelve, but like a clear uh, top twelve, clear top twelve, yeah, then that would be good. Michael Gallup. Was good until he got injured. Dalton Schultz is fine. He's a good tight end. He was good last year. A good receiving threat. Um, I don't think it's that much worse than last year because Amari Cooper wasn't that involved last year. He wasn't. It was so like, it's really not like yeah, it's Amari Cooper and you're losing him. But Cedric Wilson was probably more involved than Amari Cooper was half the time. Yeah. So I I don't think their weapons are like significantly worse than they were last year. I think they'll be fine there. This is the offensive line that I'm like, ooh. Yeah, and talk, talk to us about the O-line, Logan. Why, why is this offensive line such a concern to you? Well, it's you have – it's like a mix of aging, injury-prone veterans who are past their prime, and then you got young players who need to develop. So you have Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, once really great offensive linemen, but they've struggled with injuries, and they're getting older. So – they're not what they once were, and you can't really Definitely count not. on them to be healthy in the entire season. And then you have people like Tyler Bydash and Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith, who are second to third-year rookie players who need to develop, and you hope to see that development, but that's not guaranteed. Tyler Bydash is at center. He's got to step up. I think Tyler Smith needs to play guard because if he plays tackle, it's going to be really bad. So <laughs> I think he'll play on the left side. And Terrence Steele is probably going to be the right tackle. He needs to step up, too. Yeah. So, this is an offensive one. They lose Lyle Collins. That's rough. They lose Connor Williams. That's also rough. So, you're counting on some young guys to to really step up, and and you're counting on some guys to stay healthy. And that, that's not really you're, – you're playing with fire there. So, not, not a lot. Really about this offensive line. And then we talk about the front seven for the defense outside of, again, Dante Fowler, you're right. He comes in immediately is the replacement for Randy Gregory. Well, 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 actually, no. I have a little Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong. Yes. Who had a a career year last year and he played 60% of their snaps and I think that he should and will be the replacement for Randy Gregory because he showed a lot of promise last year. And, okay, you know, Dante Fowler is a bum. Is a bum. Because if you can't succeed on the Falcons, who have literally no pass rush, then what are you doing? So, Doris Armstrong is a guy that is a breakout player for me and I think can really succeed if given more snap, a higher snap count at that next edge position. And then you have Neville Gallimore and Osa Odizuwa, <laughs> two young hurt yourself there. Two young players in, in the interior that you hope to see development from too. So 
other than Jamarcus Lawrence, there's a lot of unproven talent here, but I think that they have the potential to grow. It's just, again, you're hoping for a lot oh, to happen. Yeah. And then you look at the linebacker core. You have, a, I'm not, I can't rank linebackers right now, but you have a, three, top three. A great, top three. great um, linebacker and Micah Parsons there. Actually, top two, top two, and he's two, but. Maybe one if you want to play the fire. But Jabril Cox is another guy I'm high on. I love Jabril Cox. Yeah. He got injured last year in like mid season, but before yeah. he got injured, he was really good. And if he can come back and play as well as he did last season, that's a really nice linebacker duo. And, and he won't come out injured. Yeah. Who, I don't know. I feel like he had a down year last year. But. Did a, a very down year, but he also season this, four he was coming off the collarbone injury. This, he had a great rookie room. Is very, it's not as he, like cluttered as it was as it was last year. They no because they cut they cut Jalen Brown. I think is who was. They lost Keanu Neal, so this is a much more um the playing time for Cox and Van Rush will be much clearer, and there won't be as crowded. So hopefully, you see Cox. Take that next step, and then Banderash kind of bounce back from a disappointing season. And then let's talk about their second. <laughs> I can't talk about the second there without laughing because this is one of the. This is really one of the, uh, the most interesting secondaries in the NFL because you have two people, two corners who I think people think are way better than they actually are. You have, you have, and well, I think people think Trayvon Diggs is a lot better than he actually is. Trevor Diggs is what um, I'm calling him now. Trevor Diggs, why is that? I don't know. I think it's uh, Trayvon Trevon Diggs, a ball hawk for sure. I think he had what eleven interceptions last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the worst coverage corners in the entire NFL. And then you have Anthony Brown, who Did gives he have- a lot of yards in terms of pass interferences. Yeah. He's probably one of the most grabby corners in the entire NFL and can't do much. If you're, if your corner is obvious, always giving you pass interference calls, you might as well be giving up the, the yards, you know, in that situation. Cause am I wrong? But is, um, it, it's a spot foul in the NFL, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you have Jaron curse who I'm, I'm not as high on him as some people are. I, I think he's decent. I don't think he's anything special. And then Malik Hooker. Eh, I, I, I want to see what Calvin Joseph does. I want to see what Donovan Wilson does there. But other than that, they didn't really address this corner room. And the thing is, too, prior to last season, I was actually high on Trayvon Diggs. But I thought he was going to be I thought he was going to be a better coverage corner. It's going to be a lockdown corner. But no, yeah, that's, that's not-, not at all what happened. Yeah. So... Unless Anthony Brown can, unless you could get a coach in there that can completely coach Anthony Brown's technique, what is the upside on this secondary? Like, it's, there isn't a lot. Like, not to say that it's just a terrible, it's not a terrible secondary, but it's not a secondary that's going to win you games. There's certain teams that have corners that can legitimately change the, um, the tide of the game. And this isn't it for the, um, you're talking about a team that was literally bottom half of the league in passing yards allowed. And teams were literally 
I think teams were literally lining up to throw the ball against the Cowboys. Oh. Any quarterback that played the Cowboys or wide receiver that played the Cowboys, I started in a fantasy. Well, you saw in the 49ers game in the playoffs, Brandon, you tortured Trayvon Diggs, a new one. Yes. Um, because he, he just, he's a, he's a roll of dice type of corner. He, he sits and hopes that he can anticipate a corner, a quarterback's throw, and he likes to play with fire a lot. And it's not rub, you can't replicate that every season. You cannot. No, of course so not. He, he doesn't bring a lot to the table in terms of coverage ability. So he kind of relies on that ball hawking ability. And that is not a reliable thing. Interceptions don't make a cornerback good. It, they do not. And that's, so, that's what you're best corner. He's your best pre- player in the secondary. That I mean, I am not excited about this secondary. And they didn't do much to add to it. That's the thing. Like, like I feel like they could have addressed it a little more but they didn't which again that speaks to jerry jones's um jerry jones's team managing skills but you would hope maybe they take a step because this is what going to be trayvon Diggs' third year in the nfl um maybe coach technique into um into anthony brown maybe malik hooker develops into what people think he is but i'm not high on this dallas cowboys team at all this was a team that won the nfc east they're over understands at 10 and a half. They have a lot of difficult games to start um, in the, this. No, not necessarily difficult, yeah, but they, start, they face. So I'll say this. They face a lot of receivers in this, in this schedule. And if you, and that's one of the things, if they face a team that can put up 300 to 400 passing yards, I, I think it's going to be, that you don't want a team that gets into a lot of shootouts. And I think Dallas is one of those teams that's going to have to end up getting into a lot of shootouts and that's not good for them. And that's not how you win um, games. With that being said, the NFC East is weird. And I think this team could still win 10 games and I'm going to give them 10 games. Okay. I'm going to give them nine, two, nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, like they do have some hard games, but they also have Bears, Lions, Texans, Jaguars, Washington twice, Giants twice, the Eagles twice, and those those divisional games are always wild. Exactly. So Vikings. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and think the yeah nine, they could nine or ten. It, it, it's sad, but. That's what I expect for them. Like Dak Prescott's good enough to elevate this team to win the division. Beyond that, well, we don't know. But exactly, can he win a Super Bowl for them? No, not at all. So the Cowboys will give 10, 10 wins max. No, I'm not gonna say max again. What they haven't really shown a team unless every person on this team if can takes a step up. Yeah, you're you're projecting a lot of growth from a lot of players, and it's not all gonna happen. And yeah, that's what that's one of the worst things you can expect. Now let's talk about a team that has is so desperate to change the culture around them, and is so and they're so desperate, I think, to prove a lot of people wrong and realize that they're not a terrible dysfunctional organization because they were they have been teetering on that for the last couple of years. They lost. They got rid of Joe Judge after the new GM Joe Shane. Shane Shine came in. Uh, Shane, I'm not. 
I, I, I like what Joe Shane is doing. Uh, Joe Judge was someone I think they wanted to see what they had in him, but then he, me and you were high on him two years ago, and then he slowly became one of, I think, one of our least favorite, um, least favorite players in the um, coaches in the NFL. So they lose Logan Ryan. They lost Jabril Peppers. Well, actually, let's talk about their season. They were terrible. A team that I think went 5-12 and 12 or had won 5 four and, Oh No, I'm talking about the year before. I think they won five games, or they actually were contending, but that's because the NFC East was just that terrible. They were even worse this season. I think they had the number three pick in the NFL draft this season, or number four. They had no. They had number three. I believe. They had. Uh, but no. Anyway, um, five and seven. Five and seven. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. So they had the five and seventh pick, and. This team was legitimately terrible to watch that season. There was there were times where you didn't even I didn't even want to put on, um, put on a, a Giants game because I didn't know what to get from Daniel Jones. I didn't know what to see from Saquon Barkley. I didn't know what to get. How would you summarize the Giants' season last year? A mess. Um, yes. A of, I mean, a lot of players got injured. Daniel Jones was injured for some time. Saquon Barkley was injured for a significant amount of time. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard. A lot of offensive pieces struggled to stay on the field. And I feel like yeah. that there really wasn't a consistent lineup that you were putting out there that was the same. So a lot of, a lot of moving pieces there on the offense and really never settled into a groove. Um, so just a bunch of bunch of injuries and you know it's hard to again it's hard to get into a groove when you're constantly rotating who's on the field exactly and like especially martinez was injured last year like martinez was i think missed most of the year actually last season so like they really struggled to to stay healthy and i think one of the biggest things this team we were high on offensively because we felt like oh they have all the pieces to be to be good going into the season and then injuries just decimated them and you're right they never got into a groove and it never felt like they had a real offensive identity at any point in the season so they go into this draft and i think i expected them to have a good draft i did not expect them to hit it out the park the way they did um they first start and get in our opinion one of our favorite prospects in the draft in Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon with the number five, five pick you want to talk about a raw prospect? This is a raw prospect that can show that can has way more root to improve than some of the other edge prospects taken above him. Um, then they go and get, I think one of our if our second or no, I think I think our, he was the best tackle in the in the entire um, draft in Evan Neal, um, out of Alabama, and then they continue in the second round and get Wanda Robinson out of Kentucky. Um, I liked that pick. You, I don't know how you felt about it. I actually did not like it. Really? Why do they need him? They don't need him. They don't need him at all. They do and not need him at all. I'll tell you that. They do not need him. They don't need him, and there were other receivers on the board if he wanted a receiver. Well, first off, let's talk about let's we could talk about their receiving core in a second. But Wanda Robinson was still a very it's still a decent prospect for them. Help Kentucky it's, it's to the Citrus trick. Bowl. Why you need him in the second round? There's other needs on this roster, and there was other receivers available. Sky Moore was there, Khalil Shakir was there, Calvin Austin was there. Did not like that pick. He's a fine player. Good but they player. also didn't need a receiver. 
but that's it's a reach, so I don't like that pick. But okay, Dan Bellinger, I did like. Yeah, yeah they need it. They have a need at tight end. For sure. Um, and then Dane Belton, Michael McFadden, Darian Beavers, some nice defensive pieces later rounds who can they did well. They did well in in terms of like in terms of the picks that they had in the later rounds. Because especially with um especially at tight end, they needed with Evan Ingram leaving. It's not like they had and they like, cut Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, and they cut Kyle Rudolph. I think their starting tight end before this draft was Ricky Seals Jones. Hey, I like Ricky Seals Jones. I don't need but i'll say this let's let's talk about their offensive additions in well their additions in free agency they think that tarot taylor they go and get tarot taylor and think that it's going to have a backwards effect um maybe the tyrod taylor already starting as the backup quarterback means that daniel jones will become a superstar um you have to remind them that's not how it works you have to he has to start a couple games but that's not obviously happening they add John Feliciano and Mark Glawinski to an offensive line that was already seeing improvement. And then they add Matt Breda, who is, gets passed around the NFL at this point. And then obviously with their offense, their draft additions, they lost Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, Will Hernandez, and James Bradbury. James Bradbury, we already knew they were going to lose. Will Hernandez was more addition by subtraction. He yeah, again, another one of those addition by subtraction people. Um, and then... Jabril Peppers, I didn't expect him to stay on this team much longer. And same with Logan Ryan. I, Logan Ryan was one of those additions from last year that we were really high on because we felt like we were really high on their secondary last year a lot. Um, I left them off my list. You did leave them off your list. I had him as an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, their biggest addition, Brian Dable. Yeah. Brian Dable. Uh, very, very high. On that was list. my favorite hire yeah, mine too. He, uh, great offensive mind. He has tons of experience, and the coaches that he's coached with, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, like, can it get any better than that? I don't think it can. In terms of people you've worked with. So I think this is a great hiring for them. Really excited to see what I think that they, this offseason, they did, um, they addressed their biggest needs. Yeah, they definitely did. And they got two franchise cornerstones in Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. They're building up those tackles, and they're building up those edge rushers. And those I'm need to do. not and, mad at their offensive line. I am not mad at it at it's, all. It's improved from last year. Andrew Thomas took a significant leap. Evan Neal was really good. Mark Lewinsky and um, John Feliciano come in. Shane Lemieux might be the weak link here, but they took Joshua Azidu yes. in like the third or fourth rounds, and he showed some promise as a guard, so he could slot right in there and be good. But this offensive line is getting better. It's not great, but it's getting better, so that's all you can really ask for. Uh, and, you know, you have Daniel Jones, who, like, that's probably one of the biggest question marks for this season. I think can, that is the biggest question. Can he show – can he show that, hey, maybe we should give this maybe, – maybe Daniel Jones is worth it. Maybe he can be a franchise coach. Well, in my opinion – in my opinion, I don't know if you agree with me on this one. This is a really good, like a decent – I would say a top 15 wide receiver core. I 
It's 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 on the upper half rather than the lower half in the NFL. I don't know. And the, the thing is, we don't know because yeah. we have we have there hasn't been an opportunity. This, this we're talking about a QB that has never thrown more than twelve touchdowns in a, in a season. Yeah, he Daniel Jones. I mean, they'll, they'll, I think that they should put him out there next year and just see what they have with him. And if he shows promise, I think he may be re-signed for like a cheap deal. If not, their quarterback class is really good next year, so just take a quarterback. The rece- I don't think it's into top 15 unit because Kenny Galladay was really disappointing last year. He had one – no, he had zero touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. Andrew Thomas had more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Kenny Galladay was – at this point is was a bad signing if he shows that he can be better than well, how, much, how much of that was um injury plus QB he's gotta produce and he didn't yeah and some like Daniel Jones was on the field for I think at least half the season and then but and then you had their Kadarius Tony in the entire league I would say too I forget yeah, Terod Taylor. Terod Taylor doesn't just address a need to help to propel Daniel Jones, but Mike, also Mike Glennon's shit. Mike um, and Jake Fromm were the worst backup QBs in the NFL. Kadarius Tony is one of the best yak players I've, I've like in the league, I think. And but he just he has to stay healthy, and he has to kind of. I don't think he really wants to work. Okay, I've seen because that wasn't that the wasn't that the um reason why they wanted to trade him because he just wasn't like his off the fields concerns or something. Oh yeah, there were, but that was the same too with Darius Slayton as well, right, and right, Golden right. State. So I think Kadarius Tony, if he gets on the field, is a excellent yak weapon for them to use, and certainly Shepard, he cannot stay on the field last year. I, I'm so. I don't, I'm not very high on him. And then Wandell Robinson, again, wasn't high on that pick. So I don't know if this is a top 15 unit because Kenny Galladay. I think it can be. It can be, but you're asking a lot of things to go right. So I'm not going to risk that. Saquon Barkley needs to stay healthy. If he can, that'd be great because he would make this a better receiving unit. But he hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. So I can't count on him to be healthy. Yeah. And then Daniel Bellinger is a rookie. He's showed promise, but like, what are you gonna? He's a rookie, so what are you gonna get out of him right away? So it's like a lot of question marks. It's definitely if everyone can stay healthy, Daniel Jones has a nice group around him, but a lot of a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs involved here, and that's I don't want to bet on that. Well, you want let's move on to another group of ifs ands and buts here um in the defense. Such good pieces here. But first off, that front seven, I think can e- come in and immediately make an impact. We were really high on Aziz Ojolari. He had a lot of good moments last year. Leonard Williams is there. Dexter Lawrence, great. Kayvon Thibodeau can I think immediately come in and make an impact. I forget Quincy Roche is also on this roster too. I don't I do not know why the Steelers let him go off their <laughs> practice squad. He is a nice piece as like a rotational edge rusher. So yeah, the D line is good. Uh linebackers, Blake Martinez, tackle machine. Doesn't really offer you a lot in coverage, but hey, he he'll tackle thing, tackle people for you. That other linebacker. Jake Crowder? 
Tay Crowder, Micah McFadden, Darian Beavers. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know who's going to get that spot. Yeah. Probably Tay Crowder because he's the vet, but it's a bit of a rotating door in terms of who's going to get the significant amount of snaps there. Yeah, so no, I get And Blake Martinez got to stay healthy. Secondary, uh, I think Adore Jackson's a really good corner. Yeah, but he's not a CB1. I think Aaron Robinson is primed for a breakout year. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, it is a spoiler. Xavier McKinney is a great I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm that's sorry. Right. I, I'd like to personally right now apologize to Xavier McKinney. Yeah, that's right. I ripped the Giants for the pick originally. You, you, and I, and well, for, it's not like he's been doing anything outside of last season to prove me wrong. Well, you were talking shit on him midseason. Yeah, I was. I was like, so, what is this? He's so, like, what is he doing? Does he think he's good or something? Yo, he's good. He's he's good. He's gonna be a it's top safety by the end of the year. Just you wait. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I like Julian Love. Julian Love, you see some growth. You would hope to see some growth from him and Darnay Holmes. It's you know, James Bradbury leaving is is a is it gonna be a hit on their secondary, but I think Adore Jackson can step up and I think Aaron Robinson can step up and yeah, it's you're again a lot of development. Yes, yeah. a lot of ifs. So this whole Giants team is probably. I would say they're they're just trying to see who is going to be a key cog in this rebuild. Yeah, who is and- gonna, this? Is a new it's a new general manager. Like ha- most of these players are not his, so. You just gonna Joe Shane and Brian Dabble are gonna see who they want, who's gonna be on this roster next year. So I think that this is gonna be a a telling year in terms of a lot of. Well, it's also too. What do they want to be? Do they want to be a team that can try? Is it gonna be a team that you know try and see what they have, but still be in a tanking mode, or is it a team that's gonna try and see like, hey, let's see if we can win some games. It's the NFC East, you know. Brian Dable has certainly come from a winning culture. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. Um, they're over under right now stands at seven and a half, and I'm gonna give them max seven wins, if that. Yeah, the only I'm tempted to take the over just because their schedule is kind of easy. They have the Panthers, the Jags, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Lions, the football team which they'll probably be once maybe the eagles and that's already eight i mean seven wins right there i don't know i'm gonna go seven yeah i could see them getting over that just because their schedule is kind of easy but you know if everyone like that's if everyone stays healthy yeah, uh, you, and that's you, a big if. We just talked about that. So I could, I could, by the time I get closer to the season, I might change my mind. And, and we really just went over the entire. I think we just spent 15 minutes on the Giants, and not once. I think once actually did the name Saquon Barkley. Well, yeah, he needs to stay healthy. Yeah, and for me, I just, I, I don't want to say anything about Saquon. He says he's primed for a comeback. People, are, I'm high on him this season. Yeah, I, I know you are. I am. I I want him to succeed. I want nothing more to see him succeed. But 
It's also, yeah, he's. I can't. Kevin. I can't. Like he's been injured every year. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not. I can't trust him until like. I, but I want him to succeed. I don't like. I want him to be that player he was in his rookie year and his sophomore. Yeah, no, I agree. This team is, and I, I want to preface this with saying, I feel strongly about every opinion I'm about to say about this team, but this will be a, a team preview of two halves. It's going to be a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of this team because Logan, there's nothing I love more than seeing Philadelphia fans cry. Okay. It's, it's, it, it brings me joy. Logan. Yeah. Um, for a while. And I think some people might agree with me, except Philly fans. I said Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl was the worst thing that could happen to that franchise, um, which I still agree to this day. This team went nine and eight last season, made the playoffs, and they think they were hot shit, right? And to that I say. This team did not have a, and I, I'm going to say this, I mean this strong. This team did not have a single meaningful win last year. I don't know how you, if you agree with that or not. I don't remember the schedule off the top of my head. Uh, but I will tell you this, Logan. You want to know how many wins they had about uh, with teams over 500? Zero. It's zero. I think actually, no, it's one. The Saints, they had the win over the Saints. But they had no wins over playoff teams. So when they got blown out in the playoffs, that was not a surprise. Um, yeah, no, this team lucked into the... Very much lucked into the, um, the playoffs. If Logan, I want you, I'm going to tell you the, the teams they played from Week 10 on. Are you ready for this? They played the Broncos, the Saints... The Giants, the, Saints, the Jets. Without the Saints with um, fucking Taysom Hill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Saints, the Giants, the Jets, the football team, the Giants. Again, the football team, the Cowboys, to end the season. Two losses there. One to the Giants and one to the Cowboys. Where they got, actually, it was... One of the most embarrassing games I've ever seen. They, yeah, the, the, I'm pretty sure the, their entire team didn't play that game. They were all injured. That that game does not count. Okay, so I'll talk about... I'll take week. that game out because like half the team had COVID. Uh, okay, then I'll talk about their week three matchup against the Cowboys. When... That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> the Cowboys. That last game of the season, I wanted to be known that... All right, so... The starters had I'll, talk about, I'll talk about the week three game when they trotted out wearing beat Dallas shirts. And Dallas hung 41 on them. That's I'll talk about that one. That's that's on me. That's on that's, that's better. Yeah. Right. Um, this team, the highlight of the season was the fans yelling at um Sir Nick Sirianni to run the ball and him finally doing it and it somehow surprisingly working. Wow, could you believe that? Um, and it also was a team where if you had a fantasy player on this team, I'm sorry. Because they never did what you needed to do correctly. How, as a Miles Sanders fantasy owner, how do you feel, Logan? It's a little upset. <laughs> but fantasy 
isn't real. Isn't real. So, um, they go. So Logan, I I obviously gave my feelings about the 2021 season. How did you feel about it? Um, I feel the same way. It was the end of the season. They got a lot of wins over inferior competition. They did start running the ball, and when they did run the ball, they were great at it. They were like the number one rushing team in the league because, duh, you have an excellent offensive line and really good running backs, so no shit. Um, and then when they like when they finally figured out that formula to like run the ball, have Jalen Hurts throw it fifteen to twenty times a game, minimal throws from Jalen Hurts. That's how you win football games with Jalen Hurts. But then when you have Jalen Hurts, especially that Giants game that you mentioned as a loss for them, he had to throw the ball. And one, he sucked at throwing the ball, and two, his receivers sucked at catching the ball. So yeah, um. It really was a tale of two halves for the the Eagles. They struggled in the beginning, but they're at in the end they did start winning games. Yes, lesser competition. However, they did get that identity of a running team, and I think that's going to carry into next year. I agree with that. But then let's let's talk about what they did in the draft. First off, Eagles. I went into the draft saying, "Wow, they're really going to," because I think they had the 18th. Pick after trading back with they, New, yeah, they had, trading back with New Orleans. I said, "Wow, the the situation that happened with Justin Jefferson is going to happen again." They told me, "Noah, shut up." They shut me up quickly, Logan. They shut me up quicker than anything because I, I forget what something happened. I forget what happened that um was it the the Lions selecting Jamison Williams that ended up. Yeah, it was probably like Lions took Jameson Williams. Football team took Jahan. No, no, no. The jet, the Jets were the first. The the, 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 the he's traded up for Olave. The Falcons, the Fal because they had originally traded up to thirteen, I believe. The the I think this because the Saints trade up for Olave. Because it was I it was so weird because the Falcons took Drake London and people didn't expect them to take Drake London, um, and then. Garrett Wilson went at 10. The Saints traded up to get Olave. They got James Williams. The and then Philly's traded up to get Williams. And yeah, and then Philly's at 13. Like, wait, wait, what the hell just happened? You know? Were they? Were they actually? Were they, they were not, Logan, because I was laughing. Then all of a sudden, I see a trade and an extension, meaning this was in the works. This was their grand plan all along. And who's the, who's the, it's a high Roseman still, right? High Roseman, yeah. High Roseman is not afraid to be aggressive. And he was damn, he was aggressive. And he got a great wide receiver in AJ Brown to give the, the Eagles one of the better wide receiver duos in the entire league. And I don't think that's hyperbole. So they get, they get AJ Brown in the draft. They get Jordan Davis, a really good, addition to their um defensive line great player they got a kobe dean for their linebacker court replacing alex singleton but can you really replace alex singleton when he was a net negative to begin with um i and in in their offseason they also re-signed jason kelsey which everyone thought that he was gonna leave he was on his way out with um carson wentz but that's not the case at all they're like wait we have one of the better centers in the NFL. Why the hell would we let him walk? They 
added Hassan Reddick, who comes back home. Temple Tough realizes he didn't like Matt Rule after all. And they add Anthony Harris. They lose Steven Nelson, Rodney McLeod, Hassan Ridgeway, and Alex Nelson, but it doesn't really matter. This is they had a really good offseason. The Eagles had a really good offseason. And that's yeah. where I say the the, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because I will I will slam their last season, but I will I love everything they did in the offseason this year. And I'll say this before we even get into breaking down each each part of the roster. This is one of the better rosters in the entire NFL. Yeah. Let's talk about the except for one thing. And that seems to be the that seems to be the common thing with a lot of teams. But no, this is like a really good roster. This is a really good roster. But let's talk about it, Logan. The weapons. Miles Sanders is a great young running back. Kenny Gainwell. He should get more touches next season and he should be a receiving threat. And I think he will be. Every Memphis, every put every Memphis running back in the receiving threat. Just they're all receiving threats. Yeah. All of them. Wide receiver core instantly upgraded. AJ Brown, top top ten receiver for me. Devontae Smith had a really nice rookie season. He'll only continue to go up. Kez Watkins is an excellent number three receiver. <laughs> excellent number three receiver. Well, even he, Zach Pascal is a number Zach four. Pascal is a wide receiver four is good. Philly Goddard. Uh, he's a good tight end. And then this offensive line is arguably one of the best in the league, if not the best. Jordan Mailata is an excellent left tackle. <laughs> Landon Dickerson moved to guard. He's really good. Jason Kelsey is maybe the best center in the game. And then you get Cam Driggins in the draft, who is literally Jason Kelsey light. <laughs> so... They're going to have Kelsey for another year or two, and then Cam Jurgis is going to come in and just be Jason Kelsey for the next 15 years. Yeah. So great draft there. Isaac Ciamalo is probably the weakest link on this line. But they also have Jack Driscoll, which I didn't, I forgot about that. And then they have Lane Johnson, who's a great tackle. So, like, this offensive line and these weapons are great. Like, this offense, other than Jalen Hurts. And Jaylen, both, Jaylen's, both Jalen's on this team. Well, Jalen Regor is a non factor at this point. Like, he does not matter. He is irrelevant. But Jalen Hurts, I think the Eagles are in a good position because you have Jalen Hurts, and you can see what you have. Like he, the town is there for him, around him for him to succeed. Um, if he doesn't, and I don't think he will, his his, his arm talent is <laughs> subpar. Subpar, so subpar. But they have two picks next year in the first round. They can trade up and get a quarterback if they want to. They have Gardner Minshew. No. They can continue doing what the, the, the Philly tradition of stashing and, and dealing backup QBs. And Gardner Minshew should be the starter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they also have two picks for next year that they can go and trade for a quarterback. Because if Jalen Hurst doesn't work out, and I don't think he will, unless he takes a significant leap, this roster is a quarterback away from competing for a championship. So, but I love this defense so much, Logan. This defense is is really nice too. The defensive it, line. Oh my god! We got Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat. The like last year Fletcher Cox 
he's aging, but he's yeah. still good. Javon Hargrave had a really nice year last year. And then you have Jordan Davis and Milton Williams, two young defensive tackles who are just going to learn behind those two and then take their job when they eventually retire or leave. So great succession plan there. Um, you add Hassan Reddick into the linebacker room. You add Kaiser White, which is a nice yeah. Nicobe Dean, like really improved linebacker core. And then you move to the secondary. You oh my they they play who's great. You add James Bradbury, who is really good. And he's an upgrade have- over Avante Maddox, in my opinion. Avante Maddox can move into the slot where I think yeah. he's suited. The only question marks I have are for this safety duo. I like Jaquiski Tart. It's they're not world beaters. They're fine. They're not. I don't think they have to be though. Mm-hmm. I like Jaquiski Tart. Yeah. I think Anthony Harris is decent. Really nice. Have, it's it's this is a great roster. It really is a great roster, uh, and it all depends on if Jalen Hurts can. If they can game plan around Jalen Hurts and you know run the ball, make it easier for Jalen Hurts to – he has an improved receiving core now, so I think that will help him a lot. Uh, but it's all up to him. It, it really is. And right now they're over under is eight and a half. I'm going to say something I'm, I don't think I've ever said for the Eagles. I'm going to take over. I'm going to take the over. I think they win the NFC East next year. Well, the NFC East hasn't had back-to-back winners in, like, however freaking many years. So I'm going to agree with you there, and I'm going to say they win 9, 2, 10 games. I think the yeah. Cowboys and the Eagles compete for the the division title, um, and they make the playoffs. But I don't know if they figure out if Jalen Hurts is the answer. I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And it, uh, I don't know. You can't talk about situation, but what, who was the last franchise QB that the, the Eagles had? I thought Carson Wentz was the franchise quarterback. Yeah, and then the city turned on him so quickly. Will Philly become a better sports city? The world may never know. Well, first off, before people get in, get on the comments saying Philly's a great sports city, I'm talking about the fans. The fans don't deserve anything nice. In, in all honesty, I don't think Philly fans deserve shit. As a Pittsburgh fan, how do you feel about it? I'm not even from Pittsburgh. <laughs> You're, you are closer to Philly than you are Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And somehow, closer to Baltimore and New York and DC than I am Pittsburgh. But who cares where I'm from? Oh, I just God. don't like Philly Stadium complex. It's really yucky, it's, and the traffic terrible. is the traffic is bad terrible. there. Well, speaking of stadiums, that suck. This you talked about. We talk about. There's always the one team in the NFC East that we're just like, what are they doing? What is the direction on this team? As if their legal problems weren't enough, 
And oh my gosh, the commanders. You want to talk about legal problems? I, the fact that Dan Snyder is still a team owner is crazy to me, first off. I, I want to just um, preface that. All the, te- all the things we've seen for other owners and ha- them having to sell teams and stuff like that. How is Dan Snyder still an owner? CNFL shouldn't surprise you. But the Panthers had to be sold. The Falcons had to be sold. The Broncos have been sold. The Seahawks the Bron- eventually. Were the Broncos sold because of that? No, the Broncos were not sold like that. But the Panthers, yes, I know for a fact. Yeah. The Same Falcons. with the Falcons. How were the Falcons sold? 2016, weren't they? No, they've been. They've had the same owner. Oh, I, I think I'm thinking of the stadium. I'm definitely thinking of the stadium. Because I think it's Arthur playing. He's been the owner for a while. Okay, then I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking of the. Uh, was it the Hawks that were for sale? It might have been the Hawks. I have no idea. But the Panthers, they had to be put for sale. But Dan Snyder is being federally subpoenaed. Dan Snyder ran a counter investigation while the, he was being federally investigated, trying to blame Bruce Allen, who's dead, by the way, for the toxic culture created. He's literally going to old cheerleaders' houses with private investigators, trying to find emails and telling them to delete anything that ha- can implicate him. Dan Snyder's a piece of shit, and, but it doesn't surprise me that the NFL doesn't care because they don't care about serious issues ever, and they never, <laughs> they never have. So screw the NFL. And if Dan Snyder is still an owner in the next 10 years. Dan Snyder is still an owner in the next 10 months, Logan. Well, you know, the NFL – doesn't hold their owners accountable for anything. So this is also true. This is very true. There's only and two good they, owners in the, in the NFL. And the, the owners have to vote them out. And why would they vote out their rich, rich white friend? Yeah, 100% right on that one. No. There's only two good owners in the NFL, in my opinion. That is the Pagulas and the Roonies. Yes. Anyway, back to football. The football team last year, or now they're the commanders, I guess. The commies. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're calling them? I've seen people call them that, yeah. That is hilarious. Um, they went 7-10 and last year. Don't ask me how. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, with Tara Heineke as their starter, I think... I don't. I've. I haven't seen Logan hate a QB as much as he hates Taylor Heineke. Oh, I hate the discourse around Taylor Heineke. He's it's because, not a starting quarterback. It's he's the first. Like I don't think people expected him to be the starter this year, and I don't think he would have been had not Kyle Allen been injured. It's because people saw him play in the playoff game and they were like, "Oh my god!" And then Barcelona probably posted some shit about Taylor Heineke. They're like, oh, look at Taylor Heineke almost beat Tom Brady. And now the discourse around Taylor Heineke is that he's like this good starting quarterback, and he's not. He doesn't have he's a the decent backup. The yeah, but that's what he is. He doesn't have the talent to be a starting quarterback. So I don't hate Taylor Heineke. I just hate the fact that people overrate him and think he can be the starting quarterback who leads Washington to the playoffs. Like, no, they yeah. need to go get, an, they needed to go get an upgrade and they did. 
And they did get an upgrade. And but the here's the thing too. I think this is where I mean direction. Let's start with the draft and everything. This was one of the I, I I don't know what the the commanders were doing. The first thing they do in the draft, and it's so crazy, our reaction to this pick, considering this is our guy and one of our favorite college receivers ever. Obviously, he went to our alma mater. The Jahan Dotson pick at 16 was the biggest reach I have ever seen. I mean, as I've been able to process it, I think he is a first-round talent. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Over the other players that were selected, no. But receiver was low key a need for them because Carter Samuel has been able to stay on the field and yeah, they kind of need someone next to Terry McLaurin. But they there were other needs, secondary mainly. Yeah, that they could have went out and that's what we thought what they were going to rest. And even if like okay, the Jahan Dawson pick good, you get a receiver. The next pick, Fedarian Mathis. Why do you need another defensive tackle? You have um, John, not Jonathan Allen. You have Montez Sweat. Actually, you do have Jonathan Allen, who's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. And you have Deron Payne, who is pretty good too. So why do you need Federer Mathis? Go out and get a corner. Go out and get a safety. There were corners and safeties available at that pick. And then Brian Robinson, like, okay, did you really need a running back? Again, you could have went and got secondary help. They finally get secondary help with Percy Butler, who – it's a solid piece, but you could have gone someone earlier. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, it, fe- it felt like this also, I really felt like they could have addressed the fact that they, uh, at guard, I don't know who, I mean, I guess they think they Wes signed- Schweitzer or Andrew Norrell could do something, but I, this is such a, this was a team that we were we thought had one of the better rosters last year. Mm, um, Not anymore. <laughs> They also took Sam Howell in the draft. They also took Sam Howell in the draft, which is like also interesting too. It's like, are are they? What do they think he's going to be? Um, I still think they have. He's the third quarterback on that depth chart. Yeah. So I mean, it's good to take a flyer on him in the fifth round. He has some. There's some upside there, but he's not going to see the field because Taylor Heineke is above him, and then Carson Wentz is above him. So. And if uh, that and if this offseason wasn't bad, Carson Wentz's introductory suit was terrible. He looks like a bottle of mustard there on on in the in the in his press conference. But what is Carson Wentz going to be doing? Um he's gonna be what he's been for the past couple of years now, which is he he's gonna have a lot of turnover worthy plays. They may not be turnovers, but they're gonna be they could have been turnovers if things went a different way. So he'll probably lead the league in turnover-worthy plays. He'll probably win you seven games, eight, seven, eight games. Uh, but like he's too much. He's too inconsistent. He's too volatile to like trust him. And the thing is, too, what people are saying is, first off, other than Carson Wentz, they got Trey Turner, Andrew Norwell, Joey Sly, and then obviously re-signing, re-signing Terry McLaurin was huge. Great, great move for them. That was um, because this is this is one of the be- their better um, wide leader. receivers ever. He's elite. 
he made Taylor Heineke actually look viable. Um, but you know, there's a thing too. This maybe this is a team that does need to did need to like be one of the worst teams in the NFL next year because you're right, Carson Wentz is going to get you like maybe eight wins. Eight wins is not enough to get you Bryce Young or CJ Stroud next year. No. Or uh, the goat Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall is definitely going to end up in in Washington somehow. He'll probably go to. He'll probably go in the second or third round to like some contending team where he'll be able to sit. I don't know if he'll be a first rounder. But let's talk about the weapons. So yeah, they have Jahan Dotson. He automatically becomes their wide receiver three slash two. Depends on what yeah, Curtis Samuel ends up being too, because Curtis Samuel has not been able to stay healthy. I'm upset uh, that Ziami Brown isn't gonna get the snaps that he deserves because I'm very I'm very upset about he, that. The, the path was there for him. <laughs> it was there until Jahan Dotson got drafted. It's so, like it's the only one of our receivers from that class. Um, I think our our personal favorite receiving class. Um, that has that's literally getting the light because not even a Ross State Brown anymore. I wish, I wish, but then now they have Jameson Williams. The only one is Rashad Bateman, who's actually getting right, like Daz Newsome sucks. He hasn't done anything, but like Deami Brown's chance was there, and they screwed him over. But maybe Curtis Hamill gets injured, and then Deami Brown can come in. Yeah, um, they have Logan Thomas. Yeah, he's coming off an injury. Uh, you hope to like he's getting older, so but you hope to see he comes back okay. Antonio Gibson, um, fantasy users are upset. They are livid. They are quite upset because JD McKissick initially signed with the Bills and said, you know what, matter of fact, I'm coming back. And then you also have Brian Robinson Jr. that they added. Um, and you still have Jared Patterson, our guy. Jared Patterson, if only he was bigger, he <laughs> would be great. He would yeah. really be great because he has great vision. And like, if Antonio Gibson had some of Jared Patterson's vision, he would be even greater. But well, Antonio Gibson did have the quietest thousand yard season I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that I think that he functions he works better with JD McKissick next to him. Like yeah. He's not like not everyone has to be a three down back who gets three hundred touches like Derrick Henry. Like you need that receiving back and JD McKissick is that receiving back. Gibson can be, but McKissick is probably better at it than him. So, it's it's a all right all right running back room. Um, sorry, Antonio Gibson fantasy owners, but like the world doesn't revolve around fantasy football. Get Dax Milne out of here. I actually like their offensive line, and I think Washington. I, I like it too. I still like it. Quietly, um, develops offensive linemen really well. Charles Leno has been really good at left tackle. Sam Cosme was really good last year at right tackle. Andrew Norwell was brought in to replace Brendan Sheriff. Probably a downgrade, but he's still good. Uh, Chase Rullier, good at center. Trey Turner, respectfully, no. Uh, he's not. He's a replacement-level starter. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But their depth is also really good too. They got Cornelius Lucas, Sadiq Charles, and Chris I love Paul. Charles. Yep, Chris Paul decides he wants to win a Chris ring. Chris Paul with- is in the <laughs> NFL now, um, so maybe he put Sadiq Charles inside because Trey Turner, respectfully, should not be on the field as a starter. And then the defense. Yeah, 
I don't hate it. I do not hate it. I don't hate it, Logan. I don't hate it. It's you would yeah, love to see some talked, depth in a lot of areas, but but we talked about John Payne and Jonathan Allen, really good duo there. Montez Sweat, Chase Young needs to get back on the field. Get back on the field and and uh, show a little bit more than what we've seen from him because I think he's he hasn't quite lived up to that that rookie season. No, of course not. But he's also it's also only going into his um before yeah, the ACL injury, he wasn't doing much anyway. So he was struggling on yeah, before injury. And then Jameen Davis needs to get his shit together. Yeah, please, because we're high on you, Jameen. Please he was bad last year. Cole Holcomb <laughs> solid. Uh going to the secondary, Kendall Fuller and William Jackson are a nice duo. They're yeah. not like an elite duo, but they're good. Benjamin St. Juiced, I'm kind of high on him to Same. Take a step. Cameron Crow is really nice. And then you know, and yeah. Bobby. Bobby McCain and Percy Butler going out for that last safety spot. You know, who knows what you'll get there. But secondary is good, not great, but it's good. D line is good. Probably great. Linebackers, Liz Lots we desired, but this defense had a really bad year last year, down year. Um I hope they go back to because yeah, be- this is a defense that we were talking about as one of the best in the NFL, and they really disappointed last year. And I, I hope to see them get back to that that level that we expected from them. Yeah, and you know, obviously, it does depend on what Jack Del Rio does. He doesn't have a Twitter account anymore, so maybe he'll focus on the schemes. Maybe. Um, I, their over under was surprising to me because they won seven games last year. But I do think they got better um, offensively. Obviously, you have Carson Wentz. You have uh, like someone who could put have an MVP type level. I'm not gonna say he is. Um, they're they're over under seven and a half. I could see this team getting like nine wins. I'm gonna go under. Okay, under seven. Yeah, I'm gonna say seven. I haven't even seen their schedule. Let's see. Are there, uh, is it seven and a half or seven? Seven and a half. I'm gonna go seven. They have easy games. They have the Jags again. They have the Lions, the Bears. The Lions are gonna nine. Don't don't don't. Just the Lions are not an easy write off. You know that. They're not winning nine games. <laughs> they have the Jags. They have the Bears. They have the Texans, the Falcons, the Giants, the Browns. Maybe without Deshaun Watson. The NFC East. You could win eight or nine, but. I don't trust Carson Wentz. So seven eight. Okay. I am giving Carson Wentz the benefit of the doubt, okay. which I should never do because every single time I do that ends up yeah. not yeah for it's me. Not a, not a good choice. But I'm gonna give them nine wins. So okay, nine wins. Okay. Eagles are winning the NFCs though, in my opinion. I it pains me to say that, but they just have too good of a roster, and I think if they just don't let Jalen Hurts throw the ball too much. Yeah, if, they if Jalen Hurts has a Mac Jones-like season, it'd be great. If they can stick to their game plan. Logan, but, plug us know, out. For Washington, oh, sorry. For Washington, like, if this season ends in disappointment, like, what happens with Ron, like, do you keep Ron, Ron Rivera? I was going to say, what has Ron Rivera really... Right, do you what? keep Ron Rivera, like... Do you keep this staff around? Do you trade Carson? Do you get rid of Carson Wentz like again after one year? Like, 
if this season ends in disappointment, like what's the what has Ron Rivera done? Has not had a single season over five hundred. I'll tell you that much. I also want to say that I am so excited for the Carson Wentz game in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I can't wait for that. There's that, so many the revenge games this season are. But like you know, that's gonna be like way worse than normal revenge games. That's gonna be a, like throwing shit on the field. I can feel it happening. <laughs> wait, but, do you? Th- you think they're gonna react to Carson that badly? Yeah, it's Philly. Carson hasn't done anything wrong to them. He, bro, I, I, th- I think he lives in their head rent free. Like almost like Trey Young. I'll probably say yeah. He'll probably say like Nick Foles' chances. They do. They and they hate. The thing is, they hate Carson once. They hate. I don't understand why. I don't understand. That's why Philly doesn't deserve anything nice. I hope they win the NFC East only to falter in the playoffs. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and give this video a like, comment, any thoughts you have on the NFC East. Follow us on Spotify. Have new episodes Tuesdays and Fridays. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Stick to Sports. Follow the two of us on Twitter at Logan Borky at Noah underscore Deej and check out all content at sticktosportsnetwork.com. This has been the Stick to Sports. Cringy ass dancing. This has been the Stick to Sports podcast where our opinions are the only ones. It was Noah. It was Logan. It's the Stick to Sports podcast with Noah and Logan. But you all win. You guys will win. But thank you for listening.